Hi, this is Scott Roberts of the Dexter Podcast, and you're listening to the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Cars, trucks, and more. The vehicles featured inside of television series and movies aren't just for transportation. They transport us like a time machine. Whether it's times in our past, our times in our potential future, they have an amazing impact on who we are. I'm Mike Wilkerson, the pop culture TV movie guy, providing you with details, education, and perspective about the programs and films. And I'm Ron Ryling, the car guy, with the connections to people all over who, like me, know a lot about cars. Fasten your seatbelts and tweak the rear view. It's time for another episode of TwoGuysTalkingCars.com. The law is out there, and vehicles of all kinds, no less. Whether they're on two wheels, or on four wheels that peel out and chase the good guys, like in that city called Hazard, or the bad guys, like Sonny Crockett and Tubbs, in the Dayglow cityscape of Miami, the law has always, and will always, have a presence in entertainment. It's time for a literal hybrid podcast, combining the superpowers of TwoGuysTalkingCars.com and WhatCopsWatch.com, where we put some polish on some of the coolest cop vehicles in entertainment history. Sit back a spell, strap on your proverbial duty belt and or shoulder holster, and join us as we revisit the land of nostalgia, police officers, and entertainment as we list the 10 best cop vehicles from TV and movies here on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. I'm Ron Riling, your other host. And I'm Chris DiGiuseppe, your third host. And what a very special podcast. For those that have listened to either all of our programs or none of our programs, this is literally where we take all kinds of awesome cookie dough and smash it together and put it out on the platter. And everybody gets a whole bunch of awesome. <laughs> I love it when we do this. It's the first time that we've incorporated what is essentially three landscapes of podcasting. Mm-hmm. But it is perfect. Of course, Chris is from whatcopswatch.com, where we look at not only what cops watch, but also the detail involved in either television or movies and give you some of the real scoop that happens inside of law enforcement it's a great program ron of course is from two guys talking cars where all things nostalgia inside of the vehicle realm get brought together and tonight i am combining your superpowers for this podcast i'm very excited to have both of you here thank you for joining me do we have to touch rings here and sparks as long as i'm form of ice pick and you are form of block of ice we're good i don't mind that at all (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of housekeeping before we get started. What Cops Watch, a focus on Marvel's Daredevil. Now, I know many of you have started Daredevil, but because of the way that it's formatted, you're probably not done with it yet. It's 13 hours. Each episode is an hour long. You get to watch it anytime you want, whenever you want, via Netflix, anytime you want, anywhere you want, whether it's on your phone, on your tablet, on your television, whatever. It all works now. And I think that that's actually a hiccup inside of fandom. Because if, let's say, Chris and I are both watching it, Mm -hmm. well, if I'm on episode seven and you're on episode three, we don't have a whole lot to talk about yet. No. And so uh, what I am appreciative is that people have been very kind about not pushing spoilers inside of social media. Mm -hmm. So they're letting there be some marination time so that you can find the time to waste to watch 13 hours of a television program. 
But it is a definitive X factor for doing a review of it. Absolutely. And so what we get to do inside of What Cops Watch is we're going to take the very first episode of Marvel's Daredevil, Mm -hmm. give you a quick look at what's going on inside of it, some of the action-busting techniques that we use inside of the program. Uh, But we're also going to talk about what you are missing, and I do think you are missing if you're not watching it. I think it's an extraordinary program that brings what is supposed to be a superhero that, frankly, is not that super. It's just really good story writing. Right. That's what we're going to focus on inside that episode. Should be exciting. I've got through the first episode, and I think it's really going to have some substance. Yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, We'd also like to make a call to the audience here where you'll tell us what you thought of Daredevil, either the first episode or any of the other subsequent episodes, because we want to use your input inside of that review of Marvel's Daredevil inside of WhatCopsWatch.com. You can send us feedback by going to WhatCopsWatch.com forward slash Daredevil. Use the contact form on the right-hand side of the page. Fill out that web form and tell us what did you think of Marvel's Daredevil. We'll use your input as we record our focus Inside of Marvel's Daredevil, a visit to baseball. Now, Ron, you're a huge baseball fan, are you not? Yeah. Well, I like the Cardinals. Yeah. No other teams, though? Just the Cardinals? Just the Cardinals. Yeah? Like the Cardinals, hate the Cubs. So. Oh, that, that sounds pretty much par for the course for everybody here inside of St. Louis, uh, except for Dr. Mark, who I don't think you guys have met. Dr. Mark is one of my eldest friends from high school, and he is a diehard, I shall now sing every single lyric to the Cubs fight song. <laughs> Which he sent me via text message the other night when they won. <laughs> it's very strange. Thankfully, this podcast is not usually time-centric, but believe it or not, folks, the Cubs are in first place. What the hell happened? Not too sure. Uh, but it'll end. <laughs> if anything inside of baseball tradition is solid, it's that the Cubs are going to lose. So <laughs> I'm super happy with that. Completely useless by September. <laughs> yeah. I believe, I believe there. I could be wrong. I just heard on the radio on the way down or when they finished the game, I believe we're tied with them now. So Okay. Well, and as you can see, the rocks begin to fall here inside of, <laughs> inside of uh, the Cubs' hopes. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about baseball because of another program on the network called Two Guys Talking Baseball, where we've just put up 10 plus great movies that deal with baseball to celebrate the opening of Major League Baseball season this year. Mm -hmm. I want you all to go check that out over at Two Guys Talking Baseball and tell us if we hit the mark on which ones we picked. And if we missed one, make sure you tell us there. Again, by going over to twoguystalkingbaseball.com. Great stuff with my co-host, Vic Porcelli. So guys, let's get ready to name all of these awesome vehicles inside of Coptum via television and films. But first, a quick frame of reference for everybody. I'm going to start by being the youngest of the group here. A week and a half ago, I celebrated my 45th birthday. Believe it or not, and the youngest here. Mm-hmm. But I also know that I've got more in the bend of watching and interacting with entertainment than probably you guys have. That doesn't mean that you don't watch more TV than I do. And it, from looking at the list in general... It looks like you guys watch a lot of TV, so I love that, but I wanted to make sure we're providing our perspectives and especially ages, Mm -hmm. because what Ron remembers as the cop cars of what you watch on television and movies is significantly different than, say, what I do. So, uh, Chris, why don't we hit you next? I agree, and I'm, you know, I'm 47, so I'm Mm -hmm. a couple years older. Sure. um, And I actually do not watch a lot of TV. I only watch a lot of TV because because of you, because you (laughs) make me watch a lot of TV. Sure, yeah. you know, growing up and such, uh, you know, growing up, you know, when I was a kid in the 70s and, you know, kind of got in the teens, the 80s, graduated in 1986. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's a, it's the the things that I remember about the prolific cop shows mm-hmm. that I watched as a kid. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what brought everything together as far as where I made my list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great, Ron. 
I'm so old that soapbox derby cars were made out of wood. <laughs> As opposed to high carbon composite. I did too. I did too. So there, there's at least something uh, common, right? I'll, I'll be 60 <clears throat> in December. Okay, well, great. And again, what I love about that is uh, podcasting is all about capture perspective. And we've got some really great varying perspectives inside of what I think is going to be a great listing of vehicles. And of course, we're going to provide our favorites towards the end of this podcast. Sponsored by Acoustica's Mixed Craft Recording Software. Bloggers Bug, Sprints Relay Missouri, and the St. Charles Office Center. Let's talk a little bit about what's happened to police vehicles over the years. Now, Ron, you were working on the uh, Fred Flintstone police cars, I remember, correct? Right. They still had bicycles. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a rough crowd. <laughs> Running around with a with a fly, with a, the little lantern strapped onto the front, right? Yeah, strapped on the front, riding their chariots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Roman police. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about car uh, police vehicles back then, cop cars in particular. Back? How far back? I mean, well, if we go your, back your to first like, memory. Uh, they were pretty much standard, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did put like a police interceptor engine in them. Mm-hmm. I was watching a thing that Ray Evingham did uh, called Americana, mm-hmm. and he was talking to, talking to an engine builder from way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And they built the engines for the police cars, and they made them for for the moonshine runners. Mm. But the moonshine runners were their buddies, so they made theirs just a little bit faster. Mm. Sure. So sure. I mean, they didn't come from the factory in the beginning as a police interceptor, mm-hmm. and later on they came with the police interceptor, heavy duty brakes, heavy duty suspension, better suspension. Uh, you know, a bigger radio, a bit, you know, to help keep them cool because they they idle a lot. They, mm-hmm. you know, when we used to service the police cars, we always told them, you know, if you if you drove three thousand, you probably put time idling another three thousand in that same period, mm-hmm. an equivalent to that. Mm-hmm. So, and then the technology today make better fuel efficiency, better steering and suspension, better tires. Mm-hmm. I mean, the old cop cars had you know bias ply nylon tires on today you know they have the high performance radials on them and the high speed rating and mm-hmm. just and then the just the technology that it take before you add all the police equipment in there the technology of the vehicle like the tahos you see out there now those have about 28 computers on them mm-hmm. and that build pro- different processors in the vehicle that control everything from your the radio mm-hmm. to uh heating your, your heating and cooling mm-hmm. uh there's body computer. I mean, it's just there's 28 of them. I think and that is what I read on Tahoe. Wow. And Chris, from an, uh, a police administration viewpoint, tell us about the the evolution of what's happened with police vehicles. Well, and to to uh, add on to what Ron was saying, the police vehicle. You know, when I started, it was the big non aerodynamic box police vehicle. And one of the things with uh, you know, one of the big things was we always had to have rear wheel drive vehicles because the thought was hey you're going to go into a skid and slide and you got to be able to pull out of that and a front wheel drive is not going to do it they would test you you'd go through driving courses you know you would drive the serpentine and you'd have more control over the car and but as things have evolved law enforcement agencies don't want to get into high speed chases and such it's high liability there's uh, with the newer technology you know better radio systems things like that, they're looking for alternatives. Plus, the liability with police chases, policies and such have changed to where a lot of places just don't do them mm-hmm. like they did anymore. They don't, you know, they won't change you to the end of the earth. They'll radio ahead. They'll get other agencies involved. For the most part, a lot of times they're going by the wayside where, you know, back in the day, you know, they might put a push bumper on the front of that car and run you off the road, ram into your car. You don't do that. I mean, we don't do that. There are some that still do. Mm-hmm. But that that has evolved the type of vehicle and such. 
we have all-wheel drive vehicles now, which are very practical in the weather. Mm-hmm. We have SUVs, you know, and before I remember it was always, oh, we can't go to an SUV. I mean, we'll flip that thing. No, just don't take that corner as fast. So, Oh, what they've also done <coughs> is they've lowered the profile of that vehicle because right. I, I would call the Tahoes that are now out there smash Tahoes because yeah. they are. They're, they've got to be a foot lower than anything yep. that's the ever been on a standard frame of a probably Tahoe. probably wider, I would assume, over the years. they've. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And then also the technology with like the OnStar, mm-hmm. they can shut your car off. Mm-hmm. That that's a true thing. That it's yeah. not it's not a science yeah. fiction thing. Mm-hmm. It's not developed enough, I don't think yet, where it, it's available at, at the local police station. But that you know it's headed there. They'll put your license plate number in or whatever, and because now they they can do it now, but they have to have the VIN number. So mm-hmm. how do you readily get a VIN number? That's kind of you know when you're chasing a guy down the, down the highway. So yeah. What about the the license plate scanning technology? Is that fruition or not i mean it's real we mm-hmm. don't you know we don't have it but there are agencies that have it that use it apparently it's fairly effective mm-hmm. yeah, he know. came st charles well county police now they were sheriff <laughs> then they came to our Quantas meeting and talked about it mm-hmm. they said that they can drive down highway 70 west 60 miles an hour and they're scanning cars going 60 miles an hour the other way that's right. 120 mile an hour scan wow and it's yeah. accurate and then they can set what kind of warrants pop up <laughs> yep Yep. And I said, well, you know, you could spend all day in Walmart's parking lot. <laughs> you could just, you know, you just scan a whole parking lot and find out you've stolen cars or, you know, people that are fugitives and wow. so forth. It's, so. it's slick. That's amazing. And, again, the, the evolution of what's happened inside of police cars and vehicles that law enforcement uses is just amazing technology. And I can't wait to talk about it inside this great list. The 10 best cop vehicles from TV and movies. Guys, let's get started with this mammoth list. The first we've got to start with is the Starsky and Hutch Gran Torino. How do you how do you start with another vehicle yeah, that who, is as bold as this one? Who doesn't remember that? Whether it's Starsky's hair or Hutch's brown leather jacket, mm-hmm. all I remember from that is wanting to get in that car and put my foot to the bottom of the car right. to make it peel out like they did. The, right. the car's a character. In, it is in the show. It is. It's it's an iconic vehicle. I mean, today when you go to a car show and you see one. Even little kids, that's Starsky and Hutch's car. Yeah. Yeah, that refit of the movie, uh, it's got to be five, eight years ago now. That absolutely replenished everything of that series. Uh, That movie was terrible, I think, just because of the way they made it. It's in that uh, Brady Brady movie-esque style. Eh. But even in that movie, they made a point to find, in the end, if you watched it all the way to the end, Mm -hmm. to find... You know the other similar Gran Torino and mm-hmm. bring it back. They had the uh, cameo appearance from the originals, and then uh, you know they were looking for the car, and they they made that car one of the central focal points. I think, yeah, even of the plot, even though it was a comedy. Yeah, it is definitively iconic, and that I can't quite describe that red because it is definitively not cherry apple. It's not. It's more like a like a light strawberry red you know but it's still got deep punch in it uh that and the the striping the white stripe yeah Yeah. the the Mm -hmm. striping on the car is super tough because they're always sliding across the hood and everything never (laughs) scratched it right throwing that (laughs) yeah red light yeah yeah i gotta gotta imagine how many how many tons of like whiteout they used to get rid of the scratches that were in that for the screen but that was also before hd so you didn't you couldn't see them if they were on there anyway yeah adam 12 the 1966 belvedere 
Chris, Adam 12? I, You know, I didn't watch a lot of, I mean, I remember it. I remember it as a kid. Yeah. You know, and I remember that was one of the, the shows that was ingrained in my mind of the uniform and such. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, at age five, I told my mom, hey, look, I want to be a cop. Wow. So, wow. you know, those those are some of the, uh, the things that I remember. But as far as the episodes and such. Mm-hmm. Do you remember yeah. what they said on the radio at all? It was 1 Adam 12 was the call sign, right? No? Am yes. I wrong? I'm yeah, asking you because I don't. Yeah, remember. that's what. Yeah, it was always that was the call 12. sign. Yeah, I I remember it. And like distinctly. so, the lady dispatch would always. Call <laughs> yeah, and I don't think you were in a car for very long. I think you eased into administration early in your career. But when you were in the car, do you remember like going, dude? I'm one out of 12, except I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no? You know, it's similar, but no, I don't think I... Okay. I think I had forgotten about it by okay. that time, right. you, know, right. you know? Do you remember your, your call sign that you would have called into a radio? Yeah, it's still our DSN. That's how we call out. You yeah. know, so what would it sound like? If, 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 if we've got the radio going, what would it sound like? It would sound like 294, and then the dispatch would answer 294, go ahead with your traffic, and then you would broadcast. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, Reed Malloy, they were fighting drug dealers and gangs and everything even back then so yeah. it was you know, pretty realistic yeah well, I, I guess what I love about that program is that those stars are still floating they float in and out of character roles inside of movies and that's when you know you've got something really iconic when those people can not only have that really great breach into entertainment but then also have it later in their career and still continue to suckle that teat I love that I, th- I think that's what makes uh, all of these really, really special. That car, though, is, again, iconic. Black with the chunk of white cut out of the middle. Do you know any history or why that is at all, Chris? As far as the black and white, yeah. I do not. I think the white's on there, so there's a place to put your logo and you can see it. The black and white was always the classic police vehicle. Yeah. And I know that there was a period in time they trended away from that vehicle. Yeah. There was a period in time, you know, earlier on in my career where the classic black and white uh, came back to some police departments. They thought, well, that's the old classic looking police vehicle. Mm-hmm. And everything in policing is, well, I mean, I won't say everything, but there are a lot of things in policing are presence and recognition. And you, when you have a police vehicle, the recognition of the police vehicle, mm-hmm. public safety, keeping the neighborhood safe, and so on and so forth, it's important. Yeah. The Nash Bridges 1970 Barracuda. Convertible. Yeah, not just a Barracuda, a convertible Barracuda. And obviously, there's something else that's been done to this car. And Chris and I were looking at it in the prelude today, and there's no way that that's just a, hey, look, it came off the line like that car. No way. There is no way. True? Not true, Ron? I don't know. Well, they had had some pretty aggressive, you know, this is still 1970, so the muscle car was alive and well. Mm -hmm. So there's factory kits or factory production cars that were were bad i mean they were they were great i mean it is awesome i i I look at it and i look at don johnson walking away from that like i look at him walking away from anything inside of the miami vice vein and i'm i I drool i literally have to wipe my mouth because it 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 just oozes awesome Mm -hmm. uh that super low profile that big wide ass on the end of it it's just awesome to look at yeah the uh the box on the intake on the hood it's just it's it's exquisite uh, it was incredibly well done, and inside of that, I think that that show has such a unfortunately low profile that I think a lot of people don't actually remember it. It wasn't it wasn't on very long. No, it wasn't on very long, and again, I think it was a much lower profile program than anybody would ever would have ever thought. If you say Nash Bridges to somebody, they're going to go, "What? What bridge are we talking about?" 
That's unfortunate because it really that that show had a really definitive flair. Uh, again, you take Cheech and shove him together with Crockett, and how is that going to work out bad? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. The motorcycles from Chips. Now I put this one on here because it's one of the definitive. I remember clearly watching Eric Estrada being all kinds of kick ass. Not only on this motorcycle, but just in general. Yeah, I'm there too. I I, I got to agree. <laughs> it was spectacular. They had the cool boots, and they did. They, not only the the cool boots, the motorcycles, and whatever iteration. I think there were three or four different actual motorcycles that were used. The fairings that were used. That it it was like an oasis. It's when people think of police cars now, they think of all the stuff that Chris and you have talked about that are packed inside of a police car now. And to think that that could be on a motorcycle, which obviously it was, because in addition to the radio, you also had at least where Eric Estrada could put a comb, at least a food right. processor, yeah. at his, least a television set, you know, all kinds of other stuff. His hair didn't mess up, though. He yeah, true. Take his helmet up. His, <laughs> it was exactly as the way it's supposed to be, right. It was extraordinary. What I really like, too, is, uh, and you guys may not know this, but you know uh, Captain Kirk now of the most recent uh, Star Wars films, right? Okay, well, the captain, the police captain inside of Chips, that's his dad. Say this again. I, I, sure. I so, so Chris Pine, who is the current Chris Pine, Captain, right? captain, Kirk captain Kirk on the Star Trek. Wait, inside wait, of wait. the Star Trek series. William Shatner's not <clears throat> Captain Kirk anymore? Well, no. You've got that the new reboot from 2009. <laughs> oh. Have you not seen that? No. Really? Okay, well... Anyway, Chris, what I was saying was... <laughs> Chris, Chris Pine does a great job. I, yeah, I think he's a great actor. Yeah, I do too. Anyway, his dad is the police captain inside of Chips. I did not know yes. that. Yes. Yes. That's amazing. Very interesting. The anyway, captain or the sergeant? I'm assuming the captain. So the guy with the thin brown hair that always is screaming right. at Eric Estrada. And yeah, right. I think he was a sergeant. Okay. Well, the sergeant then. The guy in charge. And sometimes he'd ride a motorcycle too. <laughs> yes. Okay. And he'd yeah. always get in trouble and he'd have to get saved. Right. Yes, mm-hmm. that's him. Anyway, that is Chris Pine's father. The 1974 Ferrari 365 GTS Ferrari Daytona from Miami Vice commonly known as the Ferrari Daytona Spider, as well as the Testarossa that was featured. Right, the white Testarossa. Yeah, and the white Testarossa is what I remember from Miami Vice. I think Crockett, I think shoulder holster, I think white jacket, no socks, and that Testarossa. Yeah, no pro- doubt about it. Probably never ever happened, I guess. But you know the, the way that they painted it inside this series, like you said, these were these were seized vehicles, drug right. drug lord vehicles. They seized, they pass them down to the police, and that does happen. You know, we've had it. We've had a we had a Mustang once that was seized in a DEA raid. They passed it down. Is that what you're driving now, Chris? It it is not. <laughs> we we had that at one time. Can't, can't. He's looking for one though, so be careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris, why don't we talk about your current existing vehicle that you drive? You know, the one that no earthly eyes could see in or out of? We did have, you know, a time where we tinted the windows. And and then you had it, a time before that where you painted them black with they flat black fair, paint. They are fairly dark, oh, yes. It's, it's, Chris, they're not just dark. It's like whatever atmosphere on another planet that has no sun. It's like if, if <laughs> it's, it, I'm riding a coffin, if I was a vampire, it would be outstanding. It is. It's the Fred Munstermobile as you actually sit inside. Dude, that is the darkest car I've ever been inside. It, it's so dark that I, I think I can actually see mushrooms growing inside oh, of the yeah. floorboards. It were, is super were dark. Were you in it as a client or a visitor? <laughs> Both, actually. The back seat is darker. <laughs> and anyway, I wanted to make sure we mentioned that because uh, it is a former uh, service vehicle, it is, is it not? No, it is, yeah. It's, yeah. A, uh, it's a Crown Victoria mm-hmm. police interceptor. Yeah. And they have done away. A couple of years back, Ford stopped making 
the Ford Crown Vic. And what's what's happened with that is they've they've gone to the police interceptor, which is a lot smaller, mm-hmm. and then they have the SUVs. Mm-hmm. And that's some of the some of the bad things that are going on with police vehicles. Mm-hmm. As you stay in a sedan, mm-hmm. there's just not enough room. When you put a cage in the back of those cars, mm-hmm. there's just not enough room. So a lot of police departments are moving toward the SUV. That's very interesting. The 1983 Dodge Ram Charger from Lone Wolf McQuaid. Great movie. Not only is it a great movie, it's one that Chris has not yet seen. Oh, you haven't so we've got never a seen We've got to schedule a movie mm. night. Right. Because that's probably some of the most raucous 93 minutes you'll ever experience okay. in your life. Chuck Norris is a, a Texas Ranger, and <laughs> David Carradine's the bad, the bad guy. <laughs> David Carradine you know, and said I, that movie. I'm is notorious for saying, "Yeah, I've never seen that," and then I start watching it and go, "Oh yeah, I, I saw remember that. that. I've seen that." David yeah. Carradine buries him in this big <laughs> hole the, in, inside of the Ram Charger. He's all beat up and everything, knocked out. They bury him mm-hmm. for some reason. The dome light still works and everything. So he wakes up, pops a beer, dumps it on his head, starts the car, and comes flying out. Kicks of the out ground. the supercharger. Yeah, I think I, I would have ground. probably remembered that yeah. part. I'd, it's out, I didn't see it. It's outstanding, and it is quintessential Chuck Norris as well. That's that's the other funny haha of that one. Very exciting for sure. He was a Texas Ranger before he was a Texas Ranger. It also is yet another vehicle inside of the law enforcement realm that becomes a character inside the movie. There's no question about that. Uh, he it may as well have been a horse because right. it was. Mm-hmm. It was it was his horse in that movie. The 1974 Dodge Monaco from the Blues Brothers. It's got a cop motor, a 440 cubic inch plant. It's got cop tires, <laughs> cop suspension, cop shocks. It's a model before catalytic converters, so it'll run good on regular gas. It's brilliant. It, not only is it brilliant, it was used in another one of our great podcasts over Two Guys Talking Cars as one of my favorites. It is quintessential moviedom. Th- there are so many quotes from that movie that just oh. eek where they must be said. That, that car is the precipitous for half of them. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's another one of them that's really replicated a lot. You'll see at a car show with, agree. with the yeah. big giant speak, uh, yep. yeah, speaker, giant speaker on the top. Yeah. There was one that was, uh, I lived in Schaumburg, Illinois for a while, which is just outside of Chicago, and there was the car that they would bring out for a variety of events that uh, was in the parades downtown in Chicago. It's extraordinary. You look at it and you go, I can't believe I'm looking at that car right now. It oozes that movie. It oozes law enforcement taken to a completely different level with the Blues Brothers. In fact, it was kind of funny that we mentioned it. Well, it is a police car. It's not being yeah. used by any member of no. law enforcement at no. all. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. Andy Griffith's Ford Galaxy. Ah, the Ford Galaxy. <laughs> and the whistling of Ron is always awesome. It is a show that I think everybody knows, regardless of what age you are, even younger kids now. Mm-hmm. They'll know the whistling from that program. In fact, it's not been remade. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that hasn't been somehow I don't know. repopulated where Ron Howard shows up as one of the town's participants. I don't know how that's not happened yet. And no, do you remember any police chases in that vehicle? I just, I don't remember any. The only one I remember is where you're going to have uh, Don Knotts chasing after the town drunk. That's about it. Yeah. And he was running after him, wasn't right. in the vehicle. Not in the vehicle. Well, though. the one time he did make a U-turn, remember when... Uh, uh, episode go- 7. Yeah, in episode 7 when Goober, <laughs> no, Gomer... Gomer, right. Wrong Citizens harass. Citizens harass. Because <laughs> Barney made a U-turn. That was like, dude, that was the biggest police chase. I have seen life. so little of Andy Griffith, I feel kind of ashamed. I think I've seen maybe one episode of every season of that program, mm-hmm. but I've not seen more than that at all. I'm probably Did, about the same. Yeah. yeah. See, see, that was a standard. That was. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. Was that a watching after school thing for you? 
No, I think it, that was <laughs> when you were first, forty. First, first round. <laughs> first round. First round. Cool. No, that's very cool. A yeah, new original it, series. Yeah, Andy Griffith's show was another completely different flavor of a program that I don't know it worked today. It's yeah. too wholesome. It's way too wholesome. <laughs> the fatherly hallmarks of that program are what I do remember from it. Right. Being able to go, you know, there's a man that is a father laying a lesson. Well, every episode had a lesson. Yeah. To everyone. Oh, and a valued yeah. one. Right. A valued one where they would just eke in a little bit of humor with the townsfolk, and then there would be a, a nice, juicy lesson you could take a bite out of. I thought that was extraordinary. Ah, the 1968 Ford Galaxy. Certainly a force to be reckoned with, just like Dirty Harry. Nuff said. Car 54. Ron, that was a Plymouth, was it not? Yeah, Car 54, Where Are You, was a 61 Plymouth, mm-hmm. and it was actually red. Mm-hmm. And it was filmed in black and white, so that red would make it look blacker mm. than if they'd used a black car. Oh, that's very interesting. So, And then well, a, a note on that, too, was that Fred Gwynn and Al Lewis were both in that, and mm-hmm. they, they went on to be Herman Munster and Grandpa. Yeah. I enjoyed them in that program. I, I don't remember any of Car 54. Well, neither. Car 54, I mean, I was little when it first came on. Mm-hmm. I kind of remember. I've watched episodes online and stuff. It was basically the first cop uh, sitcom. Mm. What was the what was the era of that series? You're saying comedy, but was it, did it have a laugh track? And Yeah. Oh, it did? Okay. Yeah, you know, they were, it was just their, their day, you know, one of them would get, like one, uh, Fred Gwynn, mm-hmm. Muldoon, I think was his name. He lived with his mom yet. Okay. So there's all kinds of storylines off that. And I forgot the other the older guy's name that was his partner. But they would always, it was kind of like the Honeymooners in a cop car. Okay. I can see that. They're always bailing each other out. And they're, they're not only partners, but they're buddies. Oh, Al, another murder call. Yeah. Laugh track, laugh track, laugh track. <laughs> Interesting. Anyway, that, another super indicative car from television, Car 54. Great stuff. You guys are running a little bit long during this episode of the mashup of Two Guys Talking Cars and WhatCopsWatch.com. We're going to take a quick commercial break and come right back. Are you addicted to hot sauce, spicy foods, mouth-water and barbecue, chili peppers, or buffalo wings? Oh, yeah! Well, do we have something for you. Join Scott Roberts, host of the Weekly Firecast, a foodie podcast on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network that features the best of fiery foods and barbecue. Whether you like cooking over fire or crave food that feels like fire in your mouth, there's bound to be something for you. So tune into the weekly Firecast at twoguystalking.com and savor the burn. You can try and learn about voiceover all by yourself, or you can get you and your voice to school. Check out Voice Farmers VoiceOver Academy today and learn how you can make money with your voice. It's all available over at voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. It may be that baseball is just for kids. And you know what? You'd have a country full of people ready to go to battle with you. It's America's pastime. There's a lot more to baseball than balls and strikes. Check out great baseball movie reviews, the ins and outs of the game, and juicy rare baseball history tidbits over at twoguystalkingbaseball.com. Tell us about your thoughts, perspectives, and share the action of the cinematic charge. At twoguystalkingbaseball.com. That's twoguystalkingbaseball.com. Don't miss the hour-by-hour review of The Ultimate Fighter from Two Guys Talking MMA. The fights, the detailed breakdowns and education, 
real dual impact. Only from Two Guys Talking MMA. Two Guys Talking MMA.com. Looking for a straightforward user interface on a cost effective, feature filled, multi track recording software? Call off the search! Mixcraft from Acoustica has exactly what you're looking for. It's time to include reliable audio creation and editing software with real punch into your projects. Check out Mixcraft now over at acoustica.com forward slash Mixcraft and start a new generation of audio creation and editing today. Don't miss the next episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't just a television show now on ABC. It's a great new podcast available at agentsofshield.tv only on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. It's not enough for your website to exist on the web. Potential customers must be able to find it through proper search engine optimization. Contact the web experts at twoguystalking.com forward slash web services to learn about quality and affordable search engine optimization. Expert SEO services only from Two Guys Talking. Everyone, welcome back to the Superpower Podcast combining of WhatCopsWatch.com and Two Guys Talking Cars, our review of the 10 best cop vehicles from TV and movies. Guys, we've gone through the entire list. What it's time to do now is to focus on which one of these do you remember the most? So, Chris, of the ones that we talked about, what strikes your fancy as a memory the most? The vehicle from Starsky and Hutch was my most prolific memory of a police vehicle. Mm -hmm. And even though it's not a traditionally looking police vehicle, mm -hmm. they made that car part of the series. Oh, it was, instantly, part of the it was series. instantly a police vehicle. You so, know how? You know, as far as, as, the red as, far as somebody says, hey, yeah. name, name the top memorable police vehicle of any TV or, or movie, it's got to be that. Got to be that one. And you know how they changed that to a police vehicle instantly, right? Oh yeah, the yeah. red the red bulb. Throw that bulb up there. Uh, yeah, you've got one right now, don't you? Absolutely. You know, you have one right funny, now in this chair. Put it I on. Started, now, when I started, <laughs> we had one of those. I bet you did. I don't know what they used it. You for, probably had uh, you probably had Paul Michael Glazer's <laughs> hair as well back then. No, didn't you? I, I well <laughs> curly maybe. curly black locks I at one he, point. I think he still had more than me. I don't know. <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ron, which one? Do, which one of these do you remember the most? Which I one sticks out? I agree out? with Chris that the Grand Three and the Dead Starsky and Hudges is like. Everybody knows what that is. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like the General Lee. You know what that car is. You see, that's Starsky and Hutch's car. And that's when you, you can see her drive around every once in a while, too. You'll see where somebody replicated mm -hmm. one. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and what I always noticed, too, I think that was the first car ever that I remember, beyond like a funny car, but just like a car someone would drive around where you've got massive wheels on the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then smaller. And oh, it was. It, it was amazing. It's like you could drive another car underneath the back end of the car. It was amazing. Uh, that was cool then, though. It was very cool. I'm, I'm going to have to be different because, of course, Mike is different anyway. I'm going to go with the Chips vehicles. Mm -hmm. because Two guys talking cars. Another. Yeah. <laughs> top, top ten cop cars. Cop vehicles. In car, fact, I, I made this car, cop vehicles. motorcycle, whatever. <laughs> if I had to go car, I would go the Blues Brothers Monaco. I knew that. Mm -hmm. And it is. you look at it, you go, hey, cops might not be driving it, but that's what I remember as cop car. I can see that's sure. Mike's next podcast. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Two guys talking that car. <laughs> With the Two giant guys car. With the giant speaker. That'd be awesome. That'd be very cool. Uh, here's the quintessential question for all three of us, though. Of these, which one would you want to own? Chris? 
I'd, I'd want to own probably the uh, Ferrari, and then I'd go and sell it so I could buy a minivan to fit my family of eight, you know, in there, six in there. You know, I mean, that's that's but me, right, the, right. Practi- the practical person. Throw away practical right? for a second. You're just going to buy what one would of I these cars to own. own. I don't yeah. know. I'd pro- I, that Barracuda. That Cuda. Yeah. Would, I mean, I think I'd have to have that. Describe the color of that Barracuda for those that don't know what it looks like. Orange? Wasn't it like a, a yellow? Like a, was it? A yellow? Yeah. Yellowish orange? I would kind of call it like a... Baby sundown, sun, and you know, well, it's more like even if it yellow. was a different color, I'd still own it. Oh yeah, I think I'd still I'd yeah. be all right. Yeah, Ron. Oh, but the seventy Cuda, the convertible. Mm-hmm. I like that, and then Starsky and Hutch is the Torino. I mean, that's just a cool car. Yeah, if I had to own one of these, I'd probably have to go not only with the car, but I'd also get the white jacket, the white pants, the shoes that were too small with no <laughs> socks, and the Uzi. You don't have all those? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Okay. That, uh, the Crockett, shoes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that uh, Crockett had inside of Miami Vice. I, uh, that is quintessential cop for me. Sure. Um, the other, I think that was the first series I remember also that called the claim, we're taking these cars back from the bad guys mm-hmm. and using them inside of our operations. Sure. I thought that was incredibly innovative way back then. Because, mm-hmm. like, well, you know, you can literally go, well, wait a second, how the hell is that guy driving that boat? Right, yeah. Or how? Uh, why is he in a Ferrari? That doesn't make any sense. Well, actually, it does make a whole lot of sense because mm-hmm. they've claimed them, I, and I thought that was great. You also, inside of that series in general, I don't know where you had bad guys as bad as those bad guys. Right. And that's where you get another why they need the fast cars to get away from and chase the bad guys. Right. Um, I thought that was really cool. But that's one that I would own is that uh, Testarossa. That's where we ask you guys, which one of these cars do you remember the most? So let us know what you think by going over to our Facebook presence. That's facebook.com forward slash two guys talking. Start a new thread there or latch onto a thread that's been started there and tell us what you think. And of course, a quick shout out homage to another vehicle that we didn't mention inside the master list, but that we absolutely have to address because recently, within the last couple of weeks here, we lost actor James Best, who, of course, all of you will remember as Sheriff Roscoe P. for Purvis Coltrane recently. <laughs> and that car that he drove, how many of those got screwed oh. up inside of that series? <laughs> you know, uh, Amazing car, the largest bulbs that you could fit a human head in. Just an extraordinary <laughs> vehicle that I, I, I know everybody remembers that vehicle as well as General Lee. And then, you know, in the 60s and 70s, every show was dominated by Dodge vehicles, Chrysler, Plymouth. Huge. They were, I mean, they were in everything. Mm-hmm. And then Ford, they got their foot in a little bit. And now today we're up to, you know, still the Crown Vicks. And, mm-hmm. and they are starting to see a lot of, like, Dodge Chargers, like, on Justified and Blue Bloods mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Chris, I, I guess you're the only one we can ask here. What's the most memorable cop car you've ever driven as a police officer? Like I was telling you guys before, we started with the Ford Crown Victoria. It was mm-hmm. a box-style mm-hmm. body and such. I remember driving the Chevy Caprices that had the big LT1 Corvette engines in them. They were great. They were mm. fast. You didn't mm-hmm. want to go around a corner real fast in them. But I had an opportunity. We had a former uh, State Highway Patrol Mustang. I think it was a five-speed. And that car was really, really fast. Yeah. I mean, it was just it was an experience to drive it. I have been it's, pulled over by one of those <laughs> in Wisconsin. That was my they, second year in college, and I got pulled over by a State Patrol they're, Mustang. They're very small, yeah. very fast. Mm-hmm. I don't those, know if those Ron comment them, but they were the SHOs, I think. Super high output, amazing vehicle. Also quiet, like you know, you'd think, well, let's throw mm-hmm. on this awesome muffler. No, mm-hmm. you didn't even know that they were on. I mean, just amazing vehicle, crazy fast. They can make up the difference from sitting there shooting radar and catching you pretty quick. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, it had a yeah. lot of pickup. There's our 10 best listing of cop vehicles inside of television and movies. I want to remind everyone to go over and check out Chris's podcast over at whatcopswatch.com. Chris, we've always got something new cooking there. And it's uh, always a pleasure to have you telling us about what the badges watch inside of their everyday lives. Absolutely. And, you know, our real goal is to, uh, you know, take you behind the badge, take mm-hmm. you inside the mind of the police officer. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I have a goal to let kind of let the public know, mm-hmm. hey, this is what cops go through mm-hmm. using television and uh, movies to mm-hmm. kind of break the ice. Yeah. But, uh, always a great time. And uh, hopefully we will get to that daredevil. Mm-hmm. show soon so. uh, it, it'll be a it'll be a huge boon and again it's the just the dipping of the foot inside of the daredevil stuff that we're also going to do a huge perspective review on later this year ron you've got two guys talking cars going on over at two guys talking cars.com uh, we've done a variety of different shows over there the other one that i would push people to is the actually the 10 best vehicles inside of television movies at least the first volume that we've right. gone through that that was a good one the batmobile one was mm. was really good that was a ton of fun too and then in the future, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll try to work out, you know. we got to figure out how to get Guy Fieri's 68 Camaro. Because <laughs> he's got a brand new 502 uh, Chevy crate motor in that now. Really? So. You know what we ought to do is we should see about interviewing him. I think that he would come on via teleconference to talk about that vehicle. That'd be cool. I mean, why wouldn't he, right? Yeah. All guys like to talk about cars. In fact, we like to eat, so he's a chef. So, <laughs> and in fact, we've just finished talking about lots of cars and motorcycles, and we hope that you enjoyed this program. But check out all of the programs here, whether it be at whatcopswatch.com, two guys talking cars.com, or here via two guys talking.com. That's the number two guys talking.com. Until next time, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts, and I'm Ron Ryling, your other host of Two Guys Talking Cars. And I'm Chris DiGiuseppe from WhatCopsWatch.com. Thanks for listening to this super-powered mashup hybrid podcast, and we'll see you next time. So that's the nuts and bolts for this episode of TwoGuysTalkingCars.com. Did you like what you heard? Ready to talk to us about the cars that make you feel special and evoke memories from times long gone by? Contact us by visiting TwoGuysTalkingCars.com. That's the number two, guystalkingcars.com. There you can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us via iTunes and make your opinions known so we can share them in our season-ending all-fan input episode where you become the star of twoguystalkingcars.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, always get your motor running with Two Guys Talking Cars. Cars.